Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. I'm Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us on today's Climate Conversation in association with Dubai Holding. We were talking about fashion by what we buy and what we wear can have a huge impact on the planet. From materials to buying versus renting and the questions we should be asking as conscious consumers, the experts were in the studio. Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. Party season is upon us, people. This time of the year, it's about getting dressed up, often for the sake of it, maybe going a bit OTT, festive frocks that, truth be told, you probably don't get to wear for the 11 months of the year. So yes, while the festive season is about being fabulous, a fashionista's playground, it's also a reminder of just how unsustainable the trend cycle can be. Loud outfits can be fun, sequins, but they often get shoved to the back of your wardrobe once December draws to a close. So in terms of cost per wear, they don't offer much bang for your buck and can cause absolute havoc for the environment too. We are talking fashion this hour and joining us now in studio is Kelly Power from Best Kept Shared. Tell us about how there could be another way. How are you, Kelly? I'm really well, thanks, Helen. Um, Since we are talking fashion, I would just like to say you look fabulous. Um, Tell us about your outfit. Well, thank you. I would say you can rent this piece on the platform. Okay, we're not talking shopping today. We're talking renting, but before we talk kind of talking about solutions let's talk about Mm. problems Mm -hmm. when we think about the fashion industry just how much of an impact does it have on the climate crisis yeah so when we look at the issues in the fashion industry what we need to do is look at the entire life cycle of the garment so it's everything from the creation of the raw materials right through to design and production to use and then disposal Mm -hmm. and at every stage along that journey there's a lot of waste There's greenhouse gas emissions, there's excess energy usage, there's water and chemical usage. And so there's a lot of work to be done in making each part of that cycle more sustainable. However, the issue that's really arisen in the last decade or two is that we're now not wearing that clothing for very long. So we've really gone and made this really heavy production piece and we've just worn it for a really short amount of time. Um, there's a few. I, I kind of have an issue with the phrase fast, "fast fashion." To be honest, so if mm. anyone's not familiar, it's you know pieces that are made very quickly, very cheaply, maybe responding to to trends, and then markets flooded and overconsumption. But mm-hmm. sometimes you can buy a piece that's relatively inexpensive and wear it loads. You think about that cost per wear. Mm. Where it's problematic is, as you say, if there's you're buying items that you never really wear, mm. you're buying items that you never wear or dispose of improperly and the landfill impact is humongous yeah well the cost per wear is really fascinating because it does feel it it feels cheap when you check out at the fast fashion register and it is cheap but when you look at the number of times that you do typically wear that item and of course you get lucky like you said there are ones that you do wear a little bit more but that's more rare the the average fast fashion item (laughs) is not worn too many times so then when you start to analyze the wardrobe on a cost per wear basis the value equation really breaks down for fast fashion and it's a good time to be thinking about this you know i've seen uh, multiple times on you know on twitter on instagram about the people going do you know what what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn my hangers around and every time I wear an item, I'm going to flip it so I can see exactly how much my wardrobe I'm wearing. I think hand on heart, I probably wear about 20% of the clothes I own on a regular basis. Now, I'm curious, Kelly, and I haven't prepped you on this. What do you think is the hardest working piece of clothing in your wardrobe? Well, the one that you probably 
wear the most or have worn for the longest amount of time? For me personally, it's, it's a couple of my dresses. I think for the average person, it's a pair of jeans. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, to yeah. I'm not a jeans wearer myself, but I've got a few really staple dresses that I just go to. And I mean, those dresses have worked for me for, for 10 years and they will likely work for the next 10 years. So those are the really beautiful capsule collection wardrobe pieces. So when we think about overconsumption, why do you think it's got to this point? And I'm not maybe necessarily talking about pointing fingers or, or blaming as such, but there are some factors that seem to have come together to create a very easy way of shopping and perhaps buying too much. What would you say are kind of some some causations? Well, since the turn of the century, clothing production has doubled. So we're producing an estimated 100 billion, that's billion with a B, garments annually. Wow. Yeah, and the average woman buys around 60 pieces per year. And yet we're wearing our clothes, as I said, less and less. Mm -hmm. So the overconsumption, overproduction and overconsumption piece is really at the core of the issue. I was quite proud of myself the other day. Um, I had two dresses, one of which is now too big. The other one has never really worked for me. And I was like, I am going to spend a couple of hundred dirhams getting them fixed. Mm -hmm. So they're currently at... uh, I, I was like, this this place needs to be called Taylor Swift. My kids were like, that would be a great name for a tailor. So if anyone's listening, I will go into business with you with a tailor called Taylor Swift. Um, but we've also moved away from this I'm attitude. I'm glad to hear. I'm very glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, like instead of, instead of mending something, something goes in the bin. Ooh. Instead of, you know, tailoring something. Up next, Kelly Power is in the studio from Best Kept Shed. We're going to be talking about renting clothes. Is this something you would do? This could be a way of you making some money as well and saving it as well. Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. I'm curious, let me know, what is the hardest working piece of clothing in your wardrobe? Or indeed the oldest? Message here saying, I bought a t-shirt for 10 dirhams, been working out on it on and off since I bought it. Finally, a couple of the stitches gave way this year. Still wear it around the house. I'm surprised how durable it was for 10 dirhams. Bought it for one of the flashy 1 to 20 shops in 2013, 10 years ago. I don't know if there's any of the Seinfeld fans out there. That is a that is a good that is okay. a good, oh, wow. a good, yeah. good purchase. Yeah. There's a great episode of Seinfeld called Golden Boy where he has his beloved T-shirt. Um, we are talking about renting fashion today, not buying with Kelly Power, co-founder of Best Kept Shared. Tell us about the platform. Where did the idea come from for allowing people to rent out their own clothes and, of course, consumers and people wanting a short-term you know, wardrobe infusion to borrow? So that's it. Best Kept Shared is a fashion rental platform with a bit of an interesting twist. We don't buy or own any stock. So we actually invite you to list the items in your wardrobe for rent. Okay, I'm now doing a little mental tally of what I've got in my wardrobe that could be basically earning me money. It can absolutely earn you money. So yeah, it's, it's really a completely peer-to-peer platform. And you as a lender have the ability to monetize your existing wardrobe, get an ROI on those pieces. And then the other side of the marketplace gets to rent those pieces and access luxury fashion at a fraction of the cost. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What, what kind of brands are we talking about? And how long has it taken to, I guess, connect with some of the city's fashionistas and Make, make it make sense for them as well. Well, we launched the platform this week. Ah, congratulations. Thank you. But we've been building the wardrobe for quite some time now. And, you know, where do you look to build where do you look for great fashion in Dubai? The first place we went is to the influencers. Yeah, yeah of course. So we wanted to get at least 2,000 items on the platform to, to list, and we, we achieved that. So we went wardrobe by wardrobe. 
we went to one influencer, listed her pieces, and she would refer us to the next. So we've really been all around Dubai to some of the most beautiful wardrobes you've ever seen, and we've listed them on the platform. So what kind of designers, what kind of labels, what kind of pieces are we talking about, You Kelly? know, just this morning we listed a couple of Alessandra Rich pieces from Sasha Ray's wardrobe that were really gorgeous, and also a few Zimmerman pieces. Think Rixo. We've got some really nice Nadine Marabi pieces. We're actually about to list... At the beginning of December, we're going to launch a Rent Your Sparkle edit. So it's going to be all those beautiful, beautiful, stunning, party sparkly season. pieces for your Christmas party and New Year's Eve parties, of course. Because I think social media definitely plays a role in this. It's about not wanting to be, not just not, I'm not talking about me personally, but only for a lot of people, not wanting to be photographed wearing the same outfit twice. So rather than spending again and again and again on outfits, and of course we can swap between friends, but to be able to have access to an ultimate luxury wardrobe for i mean a tiny fraction of what that piece might cost so how does it work in terms of i'm thinking how many days dry cleaning all that logistics stuff Colleen, can you can you shed some light on that okay so you would list your gorgeous outfit that you're wearing now onto the platform and it would take you just two minutes to do so i would then rent that item from you our dry cleaning our delivery partner would come and collect the item from you take it directly to me, I would wear it out for the weekend and then our dry cleaning partner would come and collect it from me, clean it and then take it back to you. Got you. What kind of success have rental platforms seen globally when we think about popularity in other big cities? Yeah, so what's really exciting is that it's the peer-to-peer model that is the standout model. So fashion rental and peer-to-peer sites are 10 years old in a country like mine in Australia but they're new to the region here and so we're really excited because we have that peer-to-peer model and it allows us to grow quickly as well. Bringing it back to the planet what kind of sustainable benefits do you do you expect what kind of impact are we thinking about on the planet when it comes to that rental model over buying well and it's never going to replace it entirely let's be honest no of course but best kept shed's mission is to keep fashion in circulation for longer so we're really tackling that underutilization piece and also a bit of a side hustle as well for anyone listening who goes, do you know what? I've got, I've got a piece of my wardrobe. So I guess... A major side hustle, yeah. A major side <laughs> hustle. Well, I was just looking at an article earlier today, which was about exactly this. Um, you know, women in the UK who were making thousands from spending a couple of hundred on dresses. So um, I'm, I've already had a message going, what's the website? So I will tell you that right now. It is um, com. There you go. Couldn't be easier. Um, thank you so much. Huge congrats on the launch just this week. Best Kept Shared. Um, huge thanks to co-founder Kelly. Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. Talking fashion now and some of the changes we can make, some of the information we need to know as consumers when it comes to the knowing about what we wear and what it does for the planet. Delighted to welcome to the studio Araceli Galeo. No, I didn't say it right. Gallego. Thank you. I always panic. Uh, don't worry. I know it's a very tricky surname. The most important thing is where you are from. You are the country coordinator for Fashion Revolution UAE, also the woman behind Go Shopia, which is all about slow and sustainable fashion, bringing together brands and experts for events and really education, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to say education to kind of, this is what you must do, no. but, but understanding what opportunities are out there and yeah. some of the changes we can make. Can we yeah. talk about Fashion Revolution first, if you don't mind? Yes, of course. What is it and, and what's its aim? Well, Fashion Revolution is a not-for-profit and basically uh, we have many different chapters around the world. Um, it started uh, when the Rana collapse 
happened in Bangladesh. So this next uh, year is going to be actually uh, 10 years. <laughs> and uh, that actually created a wave of awareness around the world, really, what was, what was happening behind the scenes on, on fashion, right, in the fashion industry. And that's actually how Fashion Revolution was born. The idea is to create awareness, mm-hmm. to um, try to find ways to improve how the industry works and operates. From a many, you know, there's many angles that actually the industry needs to be improved. So it's, it's very easy for us as consumers, you know, to hop online or go to the mall yeah. and buy something we want. And, you know, abs- absolutely shop, spend your money how you want to. However... I think we're starting to become a little bit more informed as consumers. And there's some, been some great documentaries, some fantastic articles, you know, yeah. the true cost of fashion when we look at Amazing, the yeah. way that workers are treated, the way that clothes are made, the way that we, and I include myself in this, are probably not disposing of clothes mm-hmm. properly. Yep. Um, so when it came, you recently had the Sustainable Fashion Expo ahead of COP28, which of course you are going to be yeah, present oh, at. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the big learnings and big conversations that you feel like people listening today could really benefit from when it comes to the future of fashion and, and it being a sustainable industry? Yeah, I think uh, the message is that fashion can be a force for good, really. And we need to try to bring that. Uh, and uh, that, uh, from the industry side, uh, all the actors that are part of the industry need to do their part and we as as consumers we need to do our part too so um i think it's totally possible the the sustainable fashion expo was a beautiful event it came out super nice we had the uh, catwalks uh, um, supporting uh, sustainable fashion brands we had a market uh, we had the, the bangladesh consulate uh, uh his excellency coming over also to support um Bangladesh is especially special for us, you know, because it's one of the producing countries. Here in the UAE, we are mostly a consumer's country. Mm-hmm. That's why even from Fashion Revolution in, in the UAE, we focus very much on creating awareness and a lot of education, as you very well say. So mm-hmm. we had amazing panels. Um, we had uh, an amazing um, uh, collaboration with the University of Wollongong. It was fantastic also. They held a, a debate with Generation Sets and it was fantastic to know how they perceive fashion and how actually it can change. We just heard about renting clothes. Mm. What are some of the other things that, you know, everyone listening today can do, can try, can adjust to live more sustainably? While also, you know, it's not about wearing a sack. You know, it's not about, no. you know, knit, knit your own hemp jumper. <laughs> um, we, we, want to, we want to be feeling current and special sometimes. But what could we be incorporating? Uh, there is a lot of things because sustainability has a lot of angles in reality. So um, you can, for example, as you very well said, you can buy secondhand, you can rent, you can buy new things and try to be wise about what you're choosing instead of going to the sales and get totally crazy and why topical uh, right now, <laughs> yeah, right now, exactly with Black Friday, right? Buying too many things that probably you don't need. Just buy what you need and give it. Uh, the proper use and take care of it, mend it. You also mentioned before mm-hmm. mending. It's very important that we take care of the clothes because really like that, that will make it much better. And in terms of what the industry is trying to do, we are trying to reduce waste, try to make the life cycles uh, more intelligent so that, you know, like it's not linear, but circular actually. And, and we can, uh, for example, recycled polyesters is 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 um, all the synthetics. Many many fibers actually cannot be recycled as an issue. So then we need to get creative. And then mm-hmm. it comes, for example, upcycling, right? Where uh, you know you can find, for example, right now we were talking about uh, some kimonos that uh, are actually amazing. We did an event in 
in Abu Dhabi, you know, shop over there. And uh, they are original silk hand-painted kimonos wow. from Japan. And we are turning them into the most beautiful abayas you can ever imagine. So some creativity yeah. in there as well. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned recycled polyesters there, and I'm seeing an awful lot of the big brands and high street stores mm-hmm. talking about, you know, this is our green range. This is, you know, this is 99% blah, blah, blah. blah. How, how legit is that when we think about you know, greenwashing in the fashion industry? Yeah, what, do, what do we need to know? <laughs> there's a lot of greenwashing in the fashion industry. Um, maybe they will um, you know, promote as the whole floor is uh, conscious or, or eco-friendly when in reality it's only a portion of it. Um, then in terms of the recycled polyester, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not super in love with the, um, with the solution. We, we still take it as a solution because it's still plastic that we are turning into something else. But it's still the microplastics that are released after is what I'm not too much in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, I think uh, we are innovating and I think we're going in the right direction. I know, for example, some uh, washing machine uh, manufacturers are trying to find a way to stop those microplastics. That would be really amazing. But until that happens, I still try to <laughs> avoid... Uh, plastic in any shape, way, or form, mm-hmm. especially on the clothes. But yeah, there are a lot of natural fibres that are amazing and they're lovely. I wanted to ask you then, in terms of resources, for anyone that wants to educate themselves, um, are there any you know, podcasts, any books? Any, I mean, we mentioned True Cost of Fashion mm-hmm. there, the documentary that's, I think, really we're probably still on Netflix now, um, where people can go, do you know what, I, I do want to learn a little bit more. I do want to make some more conscious decisions. I don't want to stop shopping altogether, but I want to spend my money wisely. Yeah. Where should we go? Um, podcasts, Word of Crisis, it's amazing. It's really, really very good. Conscious Chatter also is very, very good. Um, in terms of magazines, I need to give a shout out to Anthea because she just launched uh, The Ethicalist. The Ethicalist is now in print. Uh, I've got it's a copy exactly. on my desk right now. Yeah. So in- kudos for her because this is an achievement really. And I know she put a lot of work and effort to make it sustainable. So I'm very proud of her. Luxiders also, and it's another um, amazing uh, magazine that's also all into sustainable, sustainable fashion, sustainable lifestyle. And uh, and then um, within Fashion Revolution on the website, you have a lot of resources too. Um, just check also on YouTube and there is a lot of information out there actually, which is, you know, especially, for example, True Cost, I think was so well done that it opened your eyes to the many different angles that maybe it is and it's, so, it's and it's hopefully i think it has gone some way to think about more transparency from yeah. different brands and manufacturers so yeah. if they've got nothing to hide they're happy to talk about what's been you know what's being done and, and, and not done and of course go shopier.com as well if you do want to be making some conscious purchases some fantastic uae and global brands uh, that you've kind of curated as well actually yeah. so thank you so much thank you um, <laughs> really appreciate it i especially ahead of cop 28 because i know you're going to be there pretty much all the time. (laughs) Please report back on some of the conversations you are having. Those climate conversations are going to be ongoing over the next couple of weeks. And I'm really glad that we're able to offer up some ideas and get people thinking about what's in their wardrobe and what could be going in there in the future. Thank you. Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow.